0: It's Friday, January 13th, and for the second time in two terms, the DOJ is investigating a sitting president. We start here. Attorney General Merrick Garland appoints a special counsel to learn why more classified documents were found on President Biden's property.
1: We are told these documents were found in his garage at his Wilmington home in Delaware.
0: Why the man handpicked by Biden felt like he had no other choice. You might think historic rains would level out California's drought. Mudslides, landslides, roads closed. This is not the change climate scientists were hoping for. And they would have put this on their college applications if anyone had bothered to tell them about it.
2: And he goes, I got it last week in my homeroom class.
0: I said, last week? Why high school achievements have prompted suspicions about race and merit in Virginia. From ABC News, this is Start Here. I'm Brad Milkey. When the FBI raided the home of Donald Trump last year in Florida, it was unlike anything we'd ever seen before. A former president wrapped up in what appeared to be a criminal investigation for mishandling classified documents.
3: There is no crime. You know, there is no crime. It's not a crime. And... They should give me immediately back everything that they've taken from because it's mine.
0: The current president, Joe Biden, had said he did not want to be in the middle of what the Justice Department was investigating, especially since that could involve his opponent in 2024. But when he saw the photos of what was found at Mar-a-Lago, Biden couldn't contain himself on 60 Minutes. How
2: that could possibly happen, how anyone could be that irresponsible.
0: We did not hear much more from Biden on that through the run-up to the midterm elections. Well, we now know that on November 2nd, just days before Americans went to the polls, classified documents were found on President Biden's turf. And whatever you heard about earlier this week, we now know those weren't the only ones. I'm here today to announce the appointment of Robert Hur as a special counsel Pursuant to Department of Justice regulations governing such matters. And so yesterday, Attorney General Merrick Garland came out and announced he's appointing a special counsel to oversee an investigation. Meaning there are now two presidents, one former, one current, being checked out by the DOJ. Let's go straight to the West Wing, where ABC Senior White House Correspondent Mary Bruce is standing by. Mary, wait, can we start with the fact that there are more documents? Like, what are these?
1: more documents. So what happened here is that after they discovered those what has been described to us as roughly 10 classified documents at the president's private office at the Penn Biden Center, this is where he had a personal office after he left the vice presidency, then his team went searching around to see if there were any other classified documents among his personal effects. And during that review, we now know that they did, in fact, find more at Biden's personal residence in Wilmington. We are told these documents were found in his garage at his Wilmington home in Delaware. All but one of these documents were found in storage space in the the president's Wilmington residence uh, uh, garage. One document consisting of one page was discovered among stored materials in an adjacent room. Now they also looked at his Rehoboth Beach residence. They say they didn't find any documents there. They did the right thing and they did it voluntarily because it is the right thing to do when you uh, find these types of documents to indeed reach out to the archivists and reach out to the Department of Justice. And from the sense that we get from the White House, this is it. They don't expect to be finding any additional documents. But based on the fact that you had documents, the president's former private office at his house in the garage in Wilmington, Delaware, that was enough clearly for the Justice Department to feel based on what they've seen that a special counsel was warranted.
0: This appointment underscores for the public the department's commitment to both independence and accountability in particularly sensitive matters.
1: And it has raised a lot of questions for this White House about how these documents got there. Did the president know? Does he have any information about what was in these documents? And these are the kinds of things that the special counsel is now going to be trying to get to the bottom of. They
0: have the same questions we do, Brad. Well, and so the moment this went down, I was like, obviously, we're going to be seeing congressional investigations from here through like the next election, right? Like Republicans in Congress would very much like to ask, Mr. Biden, let's examine everything you've done here. But do the stakes raise when a special counsel from the DOJ gets involved? That seems more serious.
1: Yeah. It does seem more serious, right? Clearly, Merrick Garland thinks that this is necessary.
0: I concluded that under the special counsel regulations, it was in the public interest to appoint a special counsel.
1: And also likely part of the reason is because this is the current sitting president, right? Right. And this president and this administration have gone out of their way, really, to to get to ensure the independence of the Justice Department, right? They don't want to do anything that that gives the appearance that they are somehow influencing the Justice Department. And so in some ways, a special counsel, right, puts some distance between the administration and any investigation. What we are trying to be uh, be very clear about is that uh, we have been, uh, the the president's lawyers has been cooperating fully. And the White House has said repeatedly that they're going to cooperate with this review, and now they say they're going to continue that cooperation with the special counsel. What's different is that they are now saying openly, the White House Counsel office, that they are the president's lawyers, that they are confident that this review will show that these documents, as they put it, were inadvertently misplaced and that the president and his lawyers acted promptly upon discovering this mistake. And that was different yesterday. The administration, the White House, going as far as to, to admit, look, this was a mistake. But they are confident that the president didn't do anything wrong.
2: I was briefed about this discovery and surprised to learn that there were any government records that were taken there to that office
1: and we have heard the president say that he was surprised to learn these documents were there and he says he doesn't
0: know what's in them well and so mary let's go back to like these batches of documents with president biden because when we found out about the first batch of documents everyone was kind of like wait they found these how long ago like this was months months ago why why are we just learning about them now what's the deal with these other documents how recently were they found
1: Yeah. So the timeline here is really interesting. And Merrick Garland, the attorney general, did shed some light on all of this, which, as often is the case, only led to more questions. As you noted, in the days right before the midterm elections, that's when Biden's team that was going through some of his personal effects in this former private office in Washington discovered these roughly 10, we are told, classified documents. They immediately were told informed the archives, handed them over. And they followed protocol, right? That's what you're supposed to do if you find a classified document in the wrong place is alert the authorities. But now we've learned that it was on December 20th that President Biden's personal counsel informed the Justice Department that additional documents bearing these classified markings had been found in that garage at his Wilmington home. And then it was just earlier this week that they said they found an additional document and they've now completed their review. But it raises questions about transparency, because when the White House earlier this week confirmed reports that there were classified documents in the president's former private office, they did not at the time disclose that there were these additional documents in the president's garage.
0: Like he's telling us, yeah, we found these, we're we're dealing with it. And he didn't mention them. At this point, he has known for weeks that there's other documents.
1: Correct. And for an administration that prides itself on transparency, it raises a lot of questions.
0: Do you
3: acknowledge that the fact that the White House did not reveal this the public, despite the fact that you've known about it for months, undercuts the president's promise
1: of being transparent with the American people. But we, but here's the thing. They were transparent. There was, there, there was transparency in doing what you're supposed to do when these, when these items were discovered. A lot of those questions were posed to Corinne Jean-Pierre, the White House press secretary yesterday, in a press briefing that I can tell you, I have not seen one like this. It was really to be quite honest frustrating because Corinne jean pierre wasn't giving us a lot of concrete answers so i have read out the president's statement i have read it out yesterday and what he said she was deferring to the he president's statements and the statements from the white house Counsel over and over and over again and she insists part of the reason that they didn't disclose these additional documents in the president's private home is because they were following you know this review this review was ongoing they wanted to let that review end But what's confusing about this is that they were willing to go on the record and confirm the documents that the press knew about. But they didn't confirm those other documents, even though they knew about them, until the press found out about those. Right. Uh, So it does raise a lot of issues. And at the core of this, it's a question about what transparency means.
2: They immediately call the archives, immediately call the archives.
1: But there's a difference between transparency with the Justice Department and transparency with the American people.
0: And that leads me to my last question, Mary, Real, because you mentioned President Trump. Clearly, that's going to be the parallel that everyone's going to be drawing because he's also at the center of an investigation about classified documents. But as each of these investigations continue, what's going to be similar and what's going to be different? Because they're not identical cases at all.
1: No, There are huge market differences between these cases based on what we know so far. And first of all, let's just take a step back. We have dueling special counsels. Right. Now, looking into classified documents related to the current president and the former president, both of whom at this rate are likely to be running against each other in the next presidential election. I mean, there are days, Brad, where you sort of feel like you're in a political movie. Um, This is one of those moments. Right now, the big difference is not only the amount of classified material. You know, Donald Trump allegedly took hundreds of classified documents from the White House. You know, we're talking about about a dozen when it comes to the Biden administration, based on what we know right now. Also, the handling of this, right? President Biden has said over and over again, his team has said over and over again, they handed these documents over immediately the second they discovered them, as opposed to Donald Trump, who refused to hand over the hundreds of classified documents for months, even resisting a subpoena, and then the FBI was ultimately forced to search his Mar-a-Lago home.
0: Yeah, big differences. I also got to imagine that literally any former government official who's had access to classified documents should really be checking their garages right now. Like, th- this is the week, guys. Do do some cleaning. Uh, Mary Bruce at the White House. Thank you. Thanks, Brad. Next up on Start Here, they prayed for rain, but they weren't hoping for roads to cave in. How California dreaming became a nightmare after the break. With daylight saving time upon us, we're looking forward to more daylight and longer days from March through November. And while setting our clocks forward gives us the illusion of more time, it doesn't necessarily help businesses find qualified candidates any sooner. Fear not, there is a solution. ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter's your 24-7 hiring partner working tirelessly to connect you with the right candidate. Once you post your job on ZipRecruiter, it gets distributed to over 100 job sites, ensuring you reach a diverse pool of qualified individuals. Their smart technology scans thousands of resumes, matching you with people whose skills perfectly align with your job requirements. Spring forward with a new hiring partner, ZipRecruiter, and find top talent sooner. See why 4 out of 5 employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a Quality candidate within the first day. Just go to this exclusive web address to try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash start here. Again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash start here. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. California had been experiencing what scientists call a mega drought until the last couple weeks at least going to hit us, dude it's gonna hit us. Go, go Recently, California residents have seen torrential downpours, rushing floods, devastating mudslides. It's not just limited to one part of the state, either. California was largely spared yesterday, allowing authorities to get a fuller sense of the damage, but more rain is on the way. So, let's check in with ABC's chief meteorologist, Ginger Z. Ginger, you pointed out that as much as we talk about wildfires, these floods have killed more people than years' worth of California fires. Can you just put in perspective the damage all this water has caused?
3: When you have this much water this quickly, and we're talking about three feet of rain in some parts of California in just the last couple weeks since Christmas, you are going to have deadly flash flooding. You're going to have rivers overtop their banks. I just was watching it go up and up minute by minute. We don't know what to do. We're just waiting for the storm to pass. We're just hanging on the best we can. And unfortunately, this comes in a place that has been extremely dry for years. Northern California, the Central Valley, even the Sierra has had extreme and severe drought uh, for years. And now we're starting to see that dented, but it's happening within two weeks. And that's when you're going to see incredible amounts of damage, mudslides, landslides, uh, roads closed, you know, evacuations.
2: It looks like a war zone here
0: with debris everywhere and trees and logs and water everywhere.
3: And that's not done. We have a big one uh, because this is number eight in the series of atmospheric rivers and storms that have been coming Mm. at them for the last couple of weeks this weekend. That one's going to be rough on Saturday for the entire state, really.
0: Well, and so some of the headlines yesterday were putting kind of a positive spin on this in one way, which was mega drought over, right? These reservoirs are filling up. But I can't imagine that's the way you'd want it to happen.
3: Well, this is a complex title and you can't really make it in one headline so the mega drought is not over Mm. in southern california the desert southwest that's where the most intense super it's actually called a mega drought decadal drought 22 year mega drought that's where that's been existing the one that is making lake mead and lake powell reach their record lows unfortunately that's not the region that has been helped by this Mm. remember los angeles san diego Phoenix, Las Vegas, they all require the Colorado River Basin to get the deluge, and they have not. Mm. They need snow in Colorado, in Utah, and they've had some. They've had a decent season, but when you have a 22-year mega drought, climate scientist Daniel Swain from UCLA, he is always telling me that this can not only take seasons of overperformance, big time El Nino, major flooding type years, big, big snows. But we could see this type of drought persist and not be broken until the end of the century. So this is not, unfortunately, wow. something that a couple of weeks of rain on the northwest side of California can do to get rid of the worst part of it.
0: I see. And and so as climate change persists more and more, it sounds like even that's kind of what you're ending up with is just long periods of dryness. You do get punctuations of intense rain, but even that rain doesn't necessarily go the places you need it to go to actually be constructive, let alone all the destruction it's causing in the moment. All right. Ginger Z, our chief meteorologist. Thanks a lot.
3: Sure. Thanks so much, too.
0: One of the enduring questions in academics is, how do you handle so-called gifted students? Do you send them into higher-level classes? Do you give them scholarships? I mean, clearly, we should encourage students to aim high. But then on the other hand, some say, our system for recognizing who's gifted is reliant on so many variables. Like, what if a kid doesn't test well? What about their home life? What about race and income? And whether certain groups have the dext Act against them? By recognizing the quote-unquote gifted, are we dismissing many others? Well, recently, in Fairfax County, Virginia, all those questions have come spilling out into the open. The Because dozens of students belatedly found out they actually won academic honors, but no one told them when it would have mattered most. Nick Minock covers Virginia politics for our affiliate WJLA. And Nick, conservative lawmakers are now calling this a statewide scandal,
4: right? What happened here? You know, this is happening in Fairfax County. It's the most populous county in Virginia, one of the most populous counties in all of America, And we have seen a lot of battles here in Virginia when it comes to education. The latest one here seems to be a battle between what some are calling meritocracy versus equity in education. Save merit. Save Save merit.
1: merit. Stop the sabotage. Stop Stop the sabotage. sabotage.
4: It started with parents kind of uncovering this themselves.
2: When my husband handed me this piece of paper that he had found in my son's room. I read it and it says, you know, he was awarded this uh, National Merit Commended Scholar uh, Award. I was like, oh, my gosh, this is wonderful. I'm so proud of him.
4: The and National Merit Scholarship uh, has different tiers. There's commended students, semifinalist, finalists, and then award winners. And I mean, these are some of the top performing students in the country.
2: And then I looked at it and it was dated September of 2022. And I'm like, why am I finding out about this November 21st of 2022?
4: The National Merit Scholarship Corporation sends out these notifications to public schools across the country. They tell public schools, hey, this is the only notification that a student will receive, so it is important for the school system to notify these students themselves.
2: So when I went and asked my son, I'm like, well, first of all, congratulations, I'm so happy for you, I'm so proud of you, you know, this is wonderful. Um, when did you get this? And he goes, I got it last week in my homeroom class. I said, last week? Said,
4: these parents learned that their commended students in Fairfax County were not notified Uh, And time for very important scholarship deadlines. Uh, It's usually in October, November. There are some early bird uh, deadlines for scholarships for college admissions.
2: He said it was really strange. They just handed them out. And then all of us kids that got them in the the class opened up our laptops and started editing our common apps for universities, like when they had applied to. And
4: And what we're seeing right now are parents who say these mistakes that happen in Fairfax County Public Schools could have cost these families thousands of dollars in scholarships.
2: He still hasn't gotten into any schools, so we're still hoping and waiting. Um, He's been rejected from a few. Um, We're certain he's going to do great and and do wonderful things, so I'm sure he's going to get into a great school. Um, But at this point, we don't know.
0: Was this just an accident, a goof-up, or was there like a systemic reason that
4: these kids wouldn't get notified? So the superintendent in Fairfax County is Michelle Reed, Dr. Reed, she says she wants to make this right. And so she has admitted that this is something that should not have happened.
2: In each case, it's my understanding that the principal signed certificates and passed those to staff who distribute
4: them. When the school system learned about this, Fairfax County Public Schools said they notified these colleges that these students may have applied for Uh, to let them know, hey, this student applied for this college or this scholarship. We want to let you know this student is among the top three performing students in the entire country. And we just want to let you know it was our mistake, Fairfax County Public Schools, for not letting them know.
2: So I really appreciated that. But at the same time, like the early application deadline for universities was November 1st. And this was December 12th or 13th when this happened. Some schools had already made their decisions. You know, it was kind of late in the process for a lot of kids.
0: Well, and immediately people started pointing to who was winning the honors versus who wasn't, right? This became divided along racial lines, it sounded like.
3: I'm an immigrant from India. Like a lot of us, we're immigrants. And um, no matter who you are, you should not have anything stolen from a child.
0: You had a lot of Asian-American students who were commended for this national merit thing, and then you had a lot of black and brown students who were not getting these awards. And so the question among, especially among Asian American parents, seemed to be, "Are you trying to downplay my kid's achievements for sort of the sake of equity, of inclusion, of not wanting to like hype these awards up?" So I guess I'm wondering, with a Republican state house that's talked about, you know, quote unquote woke schools a lot, does that end up kind of being the driving force for this investigation?
4: Right. So Fairfax County is very diverse we're looking at Thomas Jefferson High School for Science and Technology. At least that's the first school we've been looking at. There is a large population at TJ, as it's called locally, of Asian students. And Fairfax County Public Schools revised their admissions policy, um, made some adjustments, and the goal for some was to make TJ more diverse. So in the class of 2025, at TJ, it's the most diverse, I think the school system said, ever. Uh, there are more black students who will have been admitted into TJ as a result, more Hispanic, and also more white students too, and more females, but far fewer Asian students than before.
0: We've been crying out loud saying that anti-Asian discrimination is, has been happening, not only just in uh, TJ, but just overall.
4: There's a lot of parents in Fairfax County uh, who are Asian who've reached out to the attorney general to take a look at this. Today is the first step on a long journey to restore excellence, transparency, and merit to the number one high school in the nation. There are two civil rights investigations going on into the emissions policy that we just talked about and then a separate civil rights investigation into Fairfax County Public Schools. This investigation started first at TJ. Every American, every Virginian should be outraged that a child in Virginia today is being denied their dreams because of their racial background. And then when we learned two additional high schools did the same thing, by not notifying students of their national merit recognition, the AG decided to expand his investigation into the entire Fairfax County public school system. Racism and race-based government decision-making in any form is wrong. I probably have to be careful about how much I say because we're in
2: the middle still of this
4: review. Dr. Reed, uh, the superintendent in Fairfax County, has been meeting with parents. I mean, this is going to affect college admissions. It's going to affect scholarships. It's, it's, it, could, it could cost a family tens of thousands of dollars in scholarship money. It's huge. Some parents saying, look, just imagine if you know your kid did everything right and they were commended and just not being notified by the school system.
1: I'm sorry, I just don't believe that they didn't know what is normal process.
4: And then there was another man who um, our reporter, Kevin Lewis, asked him that evening. Do you have more confidence in the school system following tonight's meeting? I think it's a wait and see. We'll have to wait and see.
0: And it's always interesting to me when, when conversations that clearly take place behind closed doors and, and, you know, families across the country or across this county, for instance, end up kind of all coming out, whether this was an accident or not, just kind of spill out at these parent-teacher meetings. All right. Nick Minock from WJLA. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right. One more quick break. When we come back, $7 for eggs? That's no yolk. One last thing is next. And one last thing. We got a new inflation report yesterday, the Consumer Price Index, showing that prices this past December were 6.5% higher than a year ago. Not great, but not as bad as prior months. The gap is slowly shrinking, inflation is getting less severe. And yet in this report, there was one item that has risen way more than 6% — (laughs) eggs. The price of eggs has skyrocketed 60%, percent 60 over the last year. might not seem like the sky is falling, but we are currently seeing a poultry industry in a flap. In the last several months, a bird flu has been infecting chickens across the country. The CDC says the risk to humans is very low, but to stop it from spreading, farmers are killing their infected hens, which means fewer eggs to market. At the same time, Americans are eating more eggs than ever in recent years. To be honest with you, I just need eggs. It started with eggs being seen as more healthy than a generation ago. Then during the pandemic, people were cooking more at home. And finally, as the price of beef surged in this country, eggs were seen as cheap protein. Surging demand and lack of supply means Eggs have become increasingly difficult to find on supermarket shelves, even when they're seven and eight dollars a dozen.
2: I went to Walmart, there was no eggs. I went to Beaches yesterday, no eggs.
0: So what's going to change this trend? Well, the answer lies, of course, in eggs. Not the ones we eat, but the ones who are being incubated right now on their way to becoming full-grown egg-laying hens. The American Egg Board says they still give you more bang for your buck than other proteins, but if you're pinching pennies, it might be good to remember that joke from French class, one egg is a noof get your feathers ruffled at me. You know you like that joke. Start Here is produced by Kelly Therese, Jen Newman, Brenda Salinas Baker, Madeline Wood, Vika Aronson, Iru Ekpanobi, Cameron Chertavian, and Tara Gimble. Ariel Chester is our social media producer. Josh Cohan is director of podcast programming. I'm our managing editor. Laura Mayer is our new executive producer. Welcome, Laura. Thanks to LaKia Brown, John Newman, and the head of ABC Audio, Liz Alessi. Special thanks this week to Chris Berry, Aaron Ferrer, Layli Ibsa, Gabe Ferris, and Sam Sweeney. I'm Brad Milkey. See you next week.